Welcome back to Peachy Keen. I'm Vivian Liddell, and this is my podcast. I've been doing a lot of little trips around the southeast and also painting a 30-foot mural here in Athens. So I gave myself license to take a little break from the podcast. I hope you all didn't miss me too much and managed your Junes nicely on your own, hopefully taking some breathing time for yourselves. After returning to Athens late on a Friday evening from one of these little trips, a whiplash mid-July jaunt to Asheville, I got up at sunrise the next morning, Saturday, and drove to Atlanta to visit the studio of artist Hannah Tarr. My paramour was doing a book event in Buckhead, thus the getting up at the crack of dawn, so I dropped him off and then headed further downtown to East Atlanta, which I can hardly say without singing it because of that super catchy East Atlanta, ooh na na. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. I love that song, even though it's kind of dissing on East Atlanta. You know, it's not Havana. So hard, so hard not to sing. But East Atlanta is, in my opinion, a pretty groovy neighborhood. So let me do some scene setting for you guys of what was going on when I got there. It was early in the morning, so I decided to check out a local coffee shop that Hannah had recommended to me via text called Muchacho. It's all about the toast in there. I think um, it was coming from actual pop-up toasters because the toaster smell was so overwhelming when you walk in. They have a bunch of merchandise for sale with a very Florida-looking orange and blue sun logo all over everything, which made me think of former Peachy Keen guest, Karen Touches, and her sun logos. And I took it as a good omen for my chat with Hannah that all of the seating signs that they give you so they can find you at your table to give you your food had pictures of half-naked male wrestlers on them. I guess those guys were the muchacho. Awesome. Anyway, I took that as a good omen Because one of the reasons I wanted to talk with Hannah is that I've been interested in her take on the female body in selfies, especially on Instagram, after seeing some of her Instagram posts that she made on this topic. And we do get into body positivity versus the male gaze in this episode. So stay tuned for that. It's pretty interesting. And I thought the muchacho wrestler imagery was somehow apropos, a good lead in. And I was correct even though I hadn't had this conversation yet, it did happen. So I got my salmon toast with capers, a coffee, and then headed over to Hannah's house where she has her studio. We decided her bedroom was the best space in terms of acoustics for recording, and she brought in a few of her latest large-scale paintings to surround us while we talked. Oh my gosh, I love your pink fuzzy slippers. (laughs) I need some of those. to be in my work like have it just all, <laughs> all in, in your room. room yeah that's and weird kind of weird I've never I even tried that before oh, oh shit sorry oh no what did I do don't. did you hurt your painting no it's it was a pretty cozy space so it did take some finagling we sat down at her desk with her paintings pretty much blanketing the walls around us and her cat hanging out on the bed listening in check it out you are from Atlanta? Yes. Like an Atlanta native? Uh, yes. Well, I say that, but I mean, yes. <laughs> I grew up 
My When I was born, my parents had this sweet deal where they rented, well, they didn't pay rent. Um, they lived in a carriage house apartment in Buckhead behind this big mansion. And um, they watched the dogs when this woman went out of town. She travels a lot. And um, her, she's in the arts in Atlanta. She, uh, well, she was, she's since passed, but she was one of the founding members of the Swan Coach House. Oh, cool. And she has like all of her porcelain is in the high. The porcelain that they have is the porcelain in the high. So she had an amazing art collection and porcelain collection. And it was always something I was able to look at as a kid, just early, you know, influence. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I grew up there. Um, we moved to Smyrna when I was young and then, um, we moved back in with her when I was 15 and my mom and I lived there until she passed away. Wait, back in with the lady with the porcelain? Yeah. What is her name? Um, her name is Frances Emery Cock, C-O-C-K, um, E, I think. And, uh, her daughter lived next door, and towards the end, we ended up, like, watching her home when she went out of town, because she was bedridden. She was, like, stuck upstairs. And is it just you with your parents growing up there? Yes. Okay. Um, just me. I'm an only child. And how... So you, you've you always been interested in painting, or is this... Did you go to school for this? Yeah, I went to RISD okay. um, for painting, and I graduated 2011. Okay. I didn't... No, I was going to focus on painting when I went in. I wasn't sure, but I kind of fell in love with painting um, when I was in high school. Um, I went to Campbell High School in Smyrna, and they had a really nice art program there where you can kind of focus on art in the International Baccalaureate program. So who encouraged you to go to RISD? Did you? Uh, I was so apathetic about applying to colleges I when I was kind of doing my research I had a boyfriend who was at Georgia State and I just didn't want to go anywhere I didn't want to I just wanted to go to Georgia State and be with him and I just didn't think about it and my senior year I started getting really I had only applied to two schools Georgia uh, Georgia Tech and UGA, and I'd gotten in both, and I just was not excited about either. No, like, no offense, because they're both great schools, but I kind of really wanted to go somewhere to focus on painting, and like a, like an art school, not that UGA Plus doesn't you, have a great art school, but... Yeah, I mean, Georgia State has a great art school, too, but if you grow up here, like, yeah, it's good to, like, been I here think my it's whole good life. to be somewhere different when you're kind of trying to have that, that art school experience, you know? Yeah. Something that's totally its own thing. Totally. Yeah. Um... I don't know how I, I guess I just kind of heard about RISD through its reputation and I'd done some research on it. I hadn't been to visit or anything and I, the day that it was due, it was the last possible day you could turn it in and it was in February. I did the whole application in one day, such a procrastinator. (laughs) Um, And you had to do like three drawings, like pencil drawings and fold them up and mail them and there was this huge like rigorous thing that I, I took off school and did and I mailed it in and um I got in I didn't I didn't think I'd get in I had no idea um so when I got in I was like I have to go here and there was all this 
a lot of concern because it was very expensive, um, but it made it work. And and did you come back t- to Atlanta straight after graduating? No, I went to um, Oakland, California. Um, I Well, I came back for a minute and worked I, as an intern for Art Papers mm-hmm. and lived in this kind of like hippie commune situation and in Atlanta they yeah uh yeah it's <laughs> not a thing anymore but uh yeah it was on Ponce next to the Masonic Temple mm-hmm. um and then I moved to Oakland and I was living at this house where my friends ha- had a gallery called Important Projects mm-hmm. and it's now no longer, but um, it was run by Joel Dean and Jason Benson, and Jason's now in Atlanta. Um, but they were friends that I'd made through uh, the Oxbow residency mm-hmm. that I did. Well, I had the fellowship my junior year at RISD, okay. and um, I, that's how I met them and made that connection, and I moved out there just because I'd never been, wanted to do something new and check out the West Coast, and see what that was about. Um, I worked at a coffee shop, had a studio, barely made any paintings, couldn't really afford (laughs) much. And so I moved back here. And then the... What year was that when you moved back? uh, 2012. Okay. That's when I moved back to Georgia too. Okay. On a long hiatus in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever live there. <laughs> it's not easy. No. <laughs> um, then, what, like, a few months after I'd moved back here, I got asked to, like, go work at Oxbow um, the, in Michigan mm-hmm. um, as a staff member there. I was their gardener and chef, one mm-hmm. of the sh- chefs. Um, so I did that, and it was awesome. I got a studio. I got to meet a bunch of awesome people. There were a lot of like visiting artists coming in and out and that was amazing. Um, And then I moved to Chicago during the off season. There were like three months down and it was, (laughs) (laughs) it was um, super snowy and I was in my little pickup truck and it just didn't do very well and I didn't I couldn't find a job for the short period of time during the down season and I had a lot of friends that were here doing film work and I heard about all the opportunities going on here and I was just like why am I in this cold place <laughs> without a job when there's all this going on in my hometown so Yeah, Atlanta's really come into its own in the past few years. It's cuz I did the whole back and forth between Atlanta and New York or yeah or more accurately Athens although I have lived in Atlanta. Right. But like I just felt like there was nothing, there was nothing, there was nothing and then it was there was Atlanta. It was like yeah. it was like a kind of the cultural scene really developed kind of rapidly. In a, in a way, the art scene, yeah. I should say, like, the kind of art galleries that I was used to in New York, like, yeah. suddenly were here. Yeah. It's, I mean, I feel like it still has a long way to go. Um, but I, a lot has changed. It's so crazy how quickly and how, like, rapidly everything is 
evolving. It's kind of terrifying because I'm I'm hoping it's sustainable. I'm hoping that things stay stick around. I've been through this um, a few times, and I feel like it's sticking this time. Yeah. I, I feel like it's related to the internet because right. there's so much connectivity between other cities now that yeah. you can just know what's going on right while you're here. Yeah, totally. In other places. And plus, I don't know, there's just, like you said, the whole film industry, that is a new thing to Atlanta. Relatively yeah. new. And that brings a lot of money. Yes. And so people who are creative people can have day jobs yes. um, in the film industry. Like, so you do that, right? That's yes. your day job? I do. I am a standby painter. Um, it's actually a really cool standby job. Like, you just hang out with your brushes? And yes. Like... <laughs> um, well, I... I worked my ass off for three years doing um, set painting, which is just straight up wall painting, sanding, mm-hmm. plaster, right. fo- and then I learned faux finishing and things that are more known as scenic artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the more artistic side of my what I do. Um, but my job is I'm the one painter while they're shooting on set just in case anything happens or they need something to... Touched up to... Yeah, I do touch up, but I also do aging. So say, like, they're looking at the camera and there's this thing that's a little too hot. There's too much light on it. It's, like, it's drawing too much attention. I'll go in with some age and spray it down <laughs> or you know, rough it up. Mm -hmm. Um, I age props. So anything that the actors are touching or using that's not wardrobe uh, is considered a prop. And, you know, when they buy these things, they're brand new and they have to look like they are something that they've owned for a while sometimes. And so I I have to rough them up, put a little age on them. It's an interesting job. I love it. I but I do have a lot of downtime sometimes at work because uh, I'm not always the most <laughs> needed necessary, necessary person on <laughs> set. But it's cool because I I get to meet a lot of awesome people. Like this past uh, movie that I did, it's called Stuber, uh, with Dave Bautista and Camille Nagiani. And um, on the last day of shooting, Dave was like, he's a ex-pro wrestler like mm-hmm. he was in guardians of the galaxy he was drax and we became friends while we were working and um on the last day of shooting he was like hey i'm gonna go see journey on sunday do you want to go and i was like sure and so he just took me with him to go see journey okay so i saw this on the instagram page <laughs> yeah oh instagram. yes yeah, and, yeah yeah i was wondering like are you a def leopard no journey I, fan? I mean i'm not Straight up. I mean, obviously, I'm a Journey fan. They have so many hits. It's hard not to be. Just go to the show and sing along. It was awesome. And they have this new singer that they've... He's a friend of Dave's. Uh, He's this little, like, Filipino dude that they found. I think they found him on YouTube. I don't know. Don't quote me on this. But uh, he's replaced the lead singer. And Mm -hmm. he does such an amazing job. His voice sounds just the same. Oh, my gosh. It's... So awesome, and he has so much energy, and he's just, like, has the coolest job ever, and it's, it was awesome. It was a good show. So, that's funny. So, that that moves me into my list of Instagram things oh, that I okay. want to talk about with you. Um, <laughs> let's, and so, 
the the last thing that you posted were these kind of tricked out roller skates. Oh yeah, and I was interested in those because you're pretty young, I would say, and those skates. Oh, so this is like a thing that you know what because you're working in this movie industry where you're aging things. Like, yeah. When did those skates? What year the, are those? Oh, They're, I don't know, but those that those were like a piece of art. It was a clock in this home that my friend was house sitting, oh. and I just was like obsessed with them and thought they were cool because they're so interesting when you look at them yeah. and you look at the skates that are because t- they have like he- wooden heels on them yeah and i was looking at them and i'm like mm, those look like late 70s early 80s yeah. skates like Probably. what is she doing with this i have no idea honestly <laughs> and i hate that i do but i thought they were cool my friend gina uh it's kind of awesome she no it's definitely awesome she house sits as one of her main gigs um she also has a, I'm going to do a little plug, she has a smell line uh, called Elodie Apothecary that she's working on. It's really great. But uh, she has all these family friends that have these amazing homes. And she's, not to blow up her spot, that like she's just taking random people into these people's homes. But <laughs> I, I've like gone with her to uh, feed the cats or whatever at some right. certain times. But they, these people that she's house-sitting for have some amazing art. So there's just all these paintings or cool objects that I'm drawn to. And unfortunately, I don't always know who made them, but I've been kind of photographing uh, a lot of art that I've seen. Through this through this, this, this house <laughs> invasion process. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. I don't think I have that many people that are going like, to... probably going to get back so speaking, starting to speak about painting. So we're sitting in here in your room and we have like surrounded ourselves with your paintings. Um, I think I'm trying to remember how I found out about you. You had a show at, um, is it Kameo's? Yes. Um, when was that? That was last year. It was the inaugural show. It was called the palest of green pink and mauve so i think that's where i found out about you and i don't okay. know anything i've never actually been to kamea's although several of their shows i've really wanted to go but yeah like, you know i have kids it's hard for me to right. get there and schedule an appointment and all that kind of stuff she so, has an opening tonight actually oh yeah so i don't know if you'll be well, here <laughs> again the kids situation right I have to yeah. get back and get them so that's that's my my issue but um who is opening tonight it is know? a group show of all men. Um, I don't remember the name, but it's... Is it purposefully all men? Yes. Okay. And it's it's interesting because it's curated. Most of her shows are all women. She's only really shown women. Mm-hmm. Um, so Who is she? I don't know her. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, her name is Jamie Steele, okay. and she went to SAIC and is from here, grew okay. up also in Buckhead, um, I believe. Don't, yeah. That sounds um, familiar. Maybe I do know her. You know, it's a small place in the art world, but... Yeah. But um, I, don't, I don't know her, know her, but I do... That name is familiar. So she runs that place. It's like a house gallery, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's very impressive. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done a really good job with it. It's a great space. Um, you definitely should make an appointment Yeah. with her. So this is, this, your work was there about, was any of this work in that show? No. This all is all since this then? is new, except for this was in the airport for like a year. Okay. And then I changed it since then. Um, it's hard living with 
in my studio. Basically, like, my entire house is my studio. I'll put things someplace, and I'll just... I can't just leave things alone. I'll just change them or... So were you Keep doing this kind of them. work when you were at school? Uh, no, not, not at, at all. all. I was making very juicy oil paintings, mm. very painty, um, very, like, thick and opaque and not a lot of space in them and smaller. Mm. Um, but I was, it was really hard after school to make work again, um, feeling very, like, much I had been praised by certain teachers for certain ways that I worked and feeling like, oh, well, this is what I'm good at, this is what I need to do, and this is how I, you know, should paint, because it's, like, you know, the way, the truest way. (laughs) I have this serious problem, too, with with oil paint. Yes. I've recently done a series in oil paint almost, like, because I have been working in fabric and raw canvas a lot, yeah. and then people were calling me a fiber artist, and it pissed me off. Oh, okay. So well, I went back in the other direction, and yeah. I just started oil painting. But now I'm like, well, that's stupid. Like, I should yeah. just do whatever I want to do. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I made myself start to kind of loosen things up and just get very, uh, I don't know the words. I like, can't think of it. But just sacrilegious. <laughs> yeah, so like try to purposefully break those rules. Is yes. this acrylic that you're using? I use house paint. Okay. So I get a lot of house paint from my job mm-hmm. and I actually I use everything. Anything I can find I use. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of it. Some of it's um you know, Sharpie or acrylic, but and some of it's oil. But so a lot I, of it is house paint. I love the raw canvas, and I can see, you know, I told you I use, like, fabric with my raw canvas, and I can yeah. see in this one over here, there's, like, ripped pieces of canvas that yeah. are um, hanging down, and I don't see any sewing, but it does kind of have the effect of, you know, layers of cloth where it starts to kind of get mixed up between, you know, there's no, there's not just a flat canvas. Right. There's, like... The canvas, you're reminding people that canvas is actually a material, like yeah. a, a fabric material. Um, so is that why you originally started working on raw canvas? Or what is it about it that, what, can you remember the first painting you did on raw canvas? Yeah, um, it's actually my favorite painting that I've ever made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's now at my friend Kathleen Hillary's house in New Orleans. She bought it for me, from me, um couple years ago and it was awesome um and I drove it down there but uh it I like the I don't know there's something so scary about a primed canvas and I want to work with maybe uh priming in different ways or just prepping it in different ways and doing strange things to it but I I don't know I like the humbleness and the warmth of the color of the canvas and I I like the immediacy of just starting to draw on it just drawing on it with a pen the the gessoed canvas is scary because the raw canvas is legitimately more scary because if you you, there's no mistakes like you can't ever paint over something yeah that's the difference to me like the one of the main differences I like that it kind of also I tend to get super tight like you talk Mm -hmm. about like oil painting yeah I I tend to like I used to only paint representational stuff and I like love to just look at things and paint them right when I do that I tend to get too 
um, naturalistic, but you yeah. can't with raw canvas. It won't no. let you. No, it won't. <laughs> um, it won't. Yeah, it's very unforgiving as far as, like, flow. Um, I, that was something that I really relied on very heavily when I was in school and kind of a lot of the first work that I showed at Poem 88 was oil on on board, right. uh, on panel. And I liked how non-absorbent it was and how flowy it was and I could just juice it up and do all my little tricks on it and it was, they were really like lovely and fun. But um, I don't know, I just felt too confined. Also, the thing is I'm working in my house and I don't want to use too many solvents. Right. And especially because I have animals and, you know, myself. Uh, and so I just, I was getting all this paint from work and as a part of my kit, I have this thing called a tint rack and it's just these straight up concentrated pigments. And so I can take any kind of house paint and just like squirt my pigment in it and change it. Right. So it gives me more, um, I don't know. Control. Control. Uh, over these found paints that I've kind of collected and all that. But um, I like that they're, you know, for me, <clears throat> I've talked about this on the podcast a couple of times. I can't get totally happy with something that's completely abstract. So I like the balance in your paintings between the narrative and the abstraction. Like they're right. still kind of all over yeah. and you can enjoy them just um, formally really easily. But then, like, I feel like if I look at them long enough, I'm going to get some kind of hint of a story. Right. That's happening. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that is. I'm really drawn to this one, which looks like it has, like, I'm going to think these are disco balls at the top. They are. And that this whole thing is, like, reflections in a disco ball. Yes. And I can see, like... I don't know. Here, I'm going to read this as, like, being kind of feminist. And there's, like, the fingernail with the red paint on it, which to me is, like, manicure. And then the... I don't know what this one is right there with the circle. That's... It's it's, weird. It is... It just is, like, an abstract shape, but it is kind of like a clamshell kind of... Or, like, a... It's this uh, lamp that I have in my house that I kind of... Okay, so it's like divided up into these yeah. little sections, just like a like mirrors on a um, on a disco ball. But each little section has a different picture in it, and they're all kind of done a little bit different in style and a little bit different in color. And this one with the um, there's like a little is that a sharpie drawing? Yes. Of the woman licking the cat. Yes. Um, and I see you have kitties here, so yes. <laughs> I just like. That's just kind of sweet to me, like a little, uh, the woman is hanging out with the cat and it actually, I'm going to, I'm going to segue back into my deep Instagram here because the first, when I first decided I wanted to talk to you on the podcast was a specific post that you made that was like cartoon drawings like this. Oh yeah. And you had done them of women taking selfies. Oh yeah. Okay. This is something like I, I read your post and I was like, hell yes to everything that you said in there and then I and you had so this this whole idea seemed to from what I was reading seemed to bother you of this like the idea of the whole body positivity thing where everybody takes pictures of themselves half naked and puts them on the internet and I so that is so fraught to discuss and I thought 
perfect because I what, the way that you phrased it, I thought that's exactly how I feel about it, and so yeah. I wanted to discuss it with you. Um, cool. So, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, are you saying cool? Like, oh no, no, or? no, no. I just like I I didn't know that that's what you're interested in. That's cool that you saw this. I wanted to make a a zine about them, and I was just so. Like, how this is important to me. I feel like I need to make these drawings. I need to get this message out because I I was, at the time, so wrapped. It's so easy to just get so wrapped up in that world in social media. Uh, obviously, it's like stating the obvious. But um, I just felt like it was something that no one was saying that... I mean, maybe they are, but I was seeing everywhere just this <clears throat> Instagram but clickbait of, like, and I'm still not asking for it, and I'm still, you know, like, body positive, sex positive, which is all fine and great, but there's something so much, I don't know, it just still feels like you are still going to be... Uh, objectified and sexualized and just not really understanding just kind of reordering my own um view of my body and how I fit in with all of that well Um, I mean you know it is so nobody really talks about it that much and I feel like when you do start to critique something like that people uh, like you mentioned in your post, um, can I? Re- I wrote down everything yeah. that you wrote in your on yeah. your passion of oh this my one God. picture. I'm so happy that like someone likes that. <laughs> and I'm gonna just read it out loud, and then we'll go through. But I I do feel like there's a danger because you don't want to feel like you're attacking women who are trying to put themselves out there. No, and that's not. I'm gonna I'm gonna right now just validate you and oh, your opinion thanks. that I totally agree with what you're saying. So yeah. you were. You did this image where you had drawn the pictures, and I can't remember which one this is under, but there's, like, you know, some, like, big butts in your face, and, like, you know, they're kind of, like, posing in sexy um, ways, but illustrated in black and white pen drawings, and you wrote under, come and get it, boys, looks good, equals is good, why am I doing this, love me more, you are not the future, who has the power, being that there is nothing profound about my perfect cis white body... Does the patriarchy still need to think I'm sexy in order for me to squash it? <laughs> is this still about self-love? Maybe my initial aversion stems from jealousy and my competitive nature, like, bitch, please. <laughs> but, like, all of that, I was like, yes. But I don't think it's about jealousy because I feel the same way. When I see people like that, I'm like, yeah, you're beautiful. But why are we still as women, like, I think I'll feel comfortable doing that when I see straight male dudes doing it. Like, if they're put, you know, I don't see men putting body pods. There is some. I want to see men in yoga pants. Me too. <laughs> it's a power thing. It's still a power thing, like what you're yeah. saying. And, you know, like, so I teach uh, feminist theory. Oh, cool. And, um, yeah, so <laughs> I, go, I get real academic on this stuff. Yeah. And it's, have you ever read John Berger's Ways of Seeing? I definitely have in school. Okay. I can't, like... So, I have it. I might read it in the intro or something. Yeah. Um, I actually read it to my husband on the way here. Oh, Because cool. I was thinking about, like, this particular passage. But it's basically... So, it's a 1972 TV show where yes. he basically yes. comes up with the idea of the male gaze. Um, yeah. Like, it, 
his his TV show was kind of critiquing the whole art world in terms of it being very Western centric yeah. and being very patriarchal. And he's the one that kind of really put into uh, you know words the idea of women see themselves and men see them. So the men are always looking and women are always looking at themselves. Yes. So for me, when I see women posting things like that, I'm like exactly what you said here. The power structure is still fucked up so that we're yeah. doing like if 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 women feel like they need to post these I, I understand that we're like making small dents by getting more bo- body positivity but for me I'm just like why are we why do women still feel the need to like focus their self-worth on how they look like that's you know still 1972 we're still looking at ourselves and feeling like it's important for us to change what a man's perception of beauty is. Like, that's the way that I look at it, and it pisses me off. Like, that's why I liked your post when I saw it. I was like, good, I'm so glad somebody said this, because I feel right. like a demon person for feeling like these things annoy me. It's, I don't think it's... It's not jealousy at all. It does not come from a place of jealousy. It's bizarre. Um, it's like It's like the more people buying into it, the more I have to feel like... I give a fuck about it, which I don't <laughs> want to. I really like, I love uh, fashion and I love clothes and I love, you know, outfits and, and all that. But I'm, what I, it's not about sex to me. Um, it's about art. Um, right. So and, you posted the speaking of selfies. So selfies yeah. are just like, oh god, like can we be over them? But you post these selfies, several selfies of you in like surf shorts. Oh, yeah, I wear those <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I'm just kind of like deal with it. I don't know. So it's <laughs> people are weirded out by it. To me they seem like rebellious. Like yeah, you're like, uh, ah, look at my outfit. Yeah. I'm wearing the surf shorts. I think they're like men's surf shorts. They are men's okay. quicksilver surf shorts from a <laughs> thrift store in Guatemala. Okay. That I got. Um, and I, I, I cropped them, I sewed them, I alter a lot of my clothes. Um but uh, so why do you take those selfies? Because there's more than, there's a couple of selfies of you in those particular shorts. I love them. Um, because they're not femmy at all, and I think they're sexy, and that is something, not, okay, I'm like, ah, it's not about sex. I feel strong strong and awesome when I wear them, um, and, and I, I, I don't know, I, I, it is kind of documenting that like fuck you i'm not wearing you know yoga pants or booty shorts and i like my outfit and you should too (laughs) yeah there's like this whole you know my latest thing that i'm really uh annoyed with is not these body positivity things but so i made the mistake i feel like i'm gonna have to do some writing on this pretty soon because it's so occupying my headspace that like i'm like i feel like i need to like do a long form on it but I started following hashtag painting on Instagram. Oh, wow. Have you ever looked at these hashtags? No. So the things that they show under the hashtag painting, I'm always, you know how they give you a choice, like, don't show this for this hashtag? Yeah. Every single post I see under that hashtag, I'm like, don't show this for this hashtag. They, the thing that recently really annoys me is women painters who are standing in front of their paintings, fully styled. I'm talking yeah. about, like, 
fancy lace garments with like uh, you know brass bangles that are arranged in a certain way and they got their full makeup yeah. on and I'm like that's to me is the same thing as these selfies that annoy me. It's like yeah. why do we why does that have to be there with my painting? Why do I have to look good in front of my painting right. for you to like the painting? Yeah. And then and these people have like so many followers and I'm like they don't like your art. Well, it's <laughs> how that whole uh media genre has kind of emphasized people branding themselves <sighs> and themselves are so involved like their bodies are that's again, a part of their... But what about men? Like, yeah. I, men get the privilege of looking like shit in front yeah. of their paintings, and that's what I want. I, I want to just look like crap in front of my painting. I <laughs> wish that I had... I was able to spend more time... I just think about... Okay, like, t- back to thinking about how we look and, right. like, looking at ourselves. Um, skateboarding. I wish that I was a skateboarder. <laughs> I see your skateboard um, over here. This is a teeny skateboard. Yeah, you can't actually I got ride that this, one in Venice Beach. I used to ride it all the time. I tore my ACL. Mm. Um, but just thinking about, you can't look at yourself or think about the ways that you're looking when you're riding a skateboard. You know, the minute your head isn't is out of it, you know. You freak out and you have to bail. You know, if you get too self-conscious while you're doing that, oh my gosh, it's not I'm gonna, gonna have work. to. I'm gonna have to read you this John Berger thing. Do you okay. do you think it's weird of him? No, because I feel like it's exactly what we're talking yeah. about, and it might even like springboard us. Like, yeah, I did. I did save it because I saw your. Oh no, where is it? It's in my. What did I do with it? It's on my phone. Okay. Yeah, I love your teeny little um, skateboard over here. <laughs> Keep in pink. And I meant to ask you, so I, when I drove up, the first thing I noticed is your truck has the pink Toyota letters on it. Oh, yeah. How do you do that? Did you put new letters I on didn't, there? I didn't do that. Um, a friend of mine did it that has a sign painting business. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I'm like, wow, that's fun. It was kind of chipping it off um, the old vinyl lettering, and I... I had him do that for me. <laughs> That's awesome. I thought maybe you did it since it seems in line with your day job to, like, right. redo something like oh that. Oh, my God. Have you seen any straight line in any of these paintings? I am so bad <laughs> at lettering. I'm not I'm not a sign painter. I don't try to be. Um, oh but, I, I mean, I, I can kind of do it. I do it all the time at work sometimes. But. I'm trying to decide how much of this to read where it's going to get really ridiculous. But, okay. Um... So I'm going to just do some highlights. So by contrast, it goes on to talk about how a a man is basically um, projecting power in his imagery. By contrast, a woman's presence expresses her attitude, her own attitude to herself and defines what can and cannot be done to her. Her presence is manifest in her gestures, voice, opinions, expressions, clothes, chosen surroundings, taste. Indeed, there is nothing she can do which does not contribute to her presence and there's a lot more to this but basically this is what it reminded me of what um, you were just saying about this watching yourself skateboarding and so she comes to consider the surveyor and the surveyed within her as the two constituent yet always distinct elements of her identity as a woman she has to survey everything she is and everything she does because of how she appears to others and ultimately how she appears to men is of crucial importance for what is normally thought of as a success of her life. Her own sense of being in herself 
is supplanted by a sense of being appreciated as herself by another. And then he goes on to say, like, um, a man, if a woman throws a glass on the floor, this is an example of how she treats her own emotion of anger and so of how she wishes it to be treated by others. If a man does the same, his action is only read as an expression of his anger. If a woman makes a good joke, this is an example of how she treats the joker in herself and accordingly of how she, as a joker woman, would like to be treated by others. Only a man can make a good joke for its own sake. One might simplify this by saying men act and women appear. Men look at women. Women watch themselves being looked at. So this is like the origin of the idea of the male gaze, which is like still what you're talking about. Like to me, I'm just pissed off because I'm like, this is 1972. And why do we still feel this way? Like when we're doing something like, why do these women still need that? They can't just put their painting on the internet, but they have to stand in a sexy pose in front of the painting because they're constantly like your self image is like, has to be a part of everything that you do. I feel like it's a waste of time. I just want to like, can I not get my nails done? And can I just like run the country now? Right. (laughs) Agreed. And it's, I mean it, but it's also like so much a culture of extremes where we, I don't know. It's so, it's so strange because I think a lot of times if there's a picture of a butt, I, I click on it, you know, it's like, it's like, it just, (laughs) We're drawn to extremes, uh, and it's what is it a people male are butt? looking at. Did you click on a male butt? I'll click on any butt, okay. probably, yeah. <laughs> I've been painting men, like, nude men. Oh, really? I feel like I'm trying yes, to make, I'm trying to make an equal, like, deficit, like, <laughs> make up for this. But, uh, you know, sex sells, but I just don't feel like as artists uh, we need to be engaged in that, like, I don't know. For me, I just want to move on. I want to move on, and I don't want it... I don't want... um, It's hard because... Yeah, uh, even just talking about what shouldn't be have to be, you know, thinking about and being angry about it is still... It's still a focus point for me. It's you know? still mental space. It's that still you're mental space. Up to this yeah, problem. and and that's why I kind of quit those illustrations because mm. I was taking it, and I wanted to make this zine, and I wanted to just do a thing, and I was like, I'm still focusing on this. I'm giving it too much power. You know, I should just no. not make it a part of my narrative at all, and just be my own new, you know, creature and do paintings and just not fucking give a shit about it. Right, lead by example. Yeah. But the problem is, we, you know, if you participate in visual culture, you still have to look at all that. I've, yeah, I've, speaking of so much about Instagram, I've, like, deleted the app. I've, like, told myself I'm not allowed to go on it. <laughs> it just makes me sad. Yeah. Well... But it's still out there, and yeah. I like it because it is like a you can keep a, a finger on the pulse. Yeah. Like, what are people doing? Right. But... I, I found that I see other people's work sneaking into mine, and oh. I see mine sneaking into others, like, that follow me too mm. much lately, and I'm wanting to kind of be more secretive and under wraps, at least until I have enough that I feel like I'm ready to show or I have that opportunity to show a bunch of right. work and and then it's like unleashed and it's gonna wow everyone and 
be awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's weird. I, I, I think I look at things differently. I, I measure up myself differently and my own work differently. I think about the product instead of the process a lot more Mm -hmm. because I'm just seeing these images. I'm seeing so many images and I'm like, oh, this is a good painting. I like this painting, you know, but I don't think about what it is that gives me the subtle, like, joys. Like, why I love painting is surprising myself and making little jokes in my head and having fun Mm -hmm. with kind of what turns up. And instead, when I'm like, oh, my painting looks like this or it needs to be this, I get too focused on the end result. Right. And I think that that's a product of looking at too much right now and just... but not in person. Which is kind of the same thing as the whole art school thing. Oh, yeah. You get somebody else's voice in your head. It's destructive. Yeah, I have so many voices in my head right now, so I'm, like, trying to just Mm -hmm. hear my own and think about honest... uh, I like your zine, though. Oh, I still (laughs) feel like... (laughs) Like, that, that, though, is, you know, you say you're posting these images to be body positive and to encourage other women, but to me, that encourages other women because, yeah. like, that was validating to me to say right. that because I'm like, good, I'm not an old ogre. Like, yeah. other people feel this way. I mean, it's so <laughs> easy to buy into it, and it's just something that frustrates me. I actually, I was on a date. I was seeing someone very briefly, and, um, you know, he's kind of just, like, says whatever comes to his mind, very dry, like, blunt person but he was just like you should post more uh you know he was like it sucks when you're like I'm not I'm not gonna say this the right way but basically like you should post more pictures of yourself looking good or hot or sexy and I was like why so you can show your friends like you know what I look like <laughs> and and I just don't want that kind of attention I don't right. need it and I get so angry when I see girls buying into it and I it makes me sad because I'm like of this age where I feel like I have to measure up and somehow live in this world with all these people that that's what's so important to them it's just hard to relate it's hard to well it's you know it's it's part of being an artist I think that we're kind of slightly outside of maybe the normal of what like for me I'm the I'm allergic to money and I like when I I get real upset when I think about painting as a commodity yeah and like the whole idea of like people paying a lot of money for art bothers me which I know is counterproductive. Like, right. <laughs> I'm like too focused on it. I'm like, I want to sell a painting for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I also year. want that. I mean, who doesn't want that? But, but at the same time, like, who has ten thousand dollars to spend on a painting? Uh, fucking rich people. And what are they gonna do with it? Like, that's the whole. I I get real hung up on the idea of decoration. Like, I like your paintings because, well, yours are you're great because they're not decorative. But you could hang them in your house and live with them. Like, some of my paintings are just purpose... I get real, like, I want them to be ugly and, like, unlivable. Yeah, I (laughs) used to... I've done that. I've totally been there. And now I I get mad at myself because I think they're too 
pretty, I'm too focused on making them lovely or something. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because they're in my home and I do have to look at them. And it's true. I don't know. It's, it's interesting what you pull out of your studio because I have a studio separate, but I have a few paintings that I've pulled out to live with. Yeah. And they are like, there's something about, I mean, one of them is like a giant penis. So wow. that's, but it's a pretty, yeah, like abstract patterns. Cool. Because <laughs> you know, I have to live with it. Yeah. You don't want to pull out your ugliest work to be in your house and nobody wants to buy that work. No. So when you're making it, your audience is very different. It's kind of like the ugly paintings I make for other artists, mm-hmm. like for other painters. We love look them. At them. I know. I love them. <laughs> I love them too. I know. It's weird. Um, and so speaking of... Um, selfies and ugliness. I saw that you saw, you saw the, um, Sheeta Soleimani. How do you pronounce her name? Do you know her? The one that did the work that has the work at the contemporary with the, um, uh, photography and like the, um, you know, some of it, I thought it was all her posing for these images with the, Oh, the faces of like the either like political leaders or like Exxon mobile. Yeah. Yes. I saw that show. That was pretty exciting. That was really cool. Um, also really awesome. That was the first like, and then uh, Dina Yaga was in the big gallery space. That was the first all women, yeah, show at the contemporary that I've seen in a while. That was cool. Yeah, I was like kind of waiting for that to happen <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's been a lot of dudes. <laughs> um, yeah, that show was awesome. I. I love those because they're just so weird. They're weird, um, and but to me, they're, like, really interesting because she turns that whole thing of, like, you know, people want to look at naked women's bodies, and she does these kind of sexy, suggestive dances, but then yeah. she puts, like, this politician's face on her. You don't want to look at that. No. Like, you know, so it's, like, a f- it becomes really hilarious. Yeah. Um, Which is what I really like. I love humor in work. Like, you were I just saying that when you look at your work, if it makes you laugh, and I know Elizabeth Murray... I saw her say that in a documentary that she knew something was really working when it made her laugh. Yeah. And I feel that way too. If I have a moment where my own work makes me giggle, I'm like done. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I know. I mean, cause that's, that's the whole point of it. And if someone else, you know, if someone else can get that same reaction, that's like a success for me. For sure. I'm, like, so glad to be having this conversation because I've literally just been so having to restructure the way I think of work and reminding myself that that process is why I do it. You know, it's not to necessarily... It's, I don't know. When you focus too much on on what the work is going to be... Right. ...before you even make it, it's... Um, but it does help. Like, I find it really helps to have a show deadline or something like yeah, that. Oh, yeah. So, so that you make yourself be in the studio. I'm pretty good at this point in my life. I'm, I'm old. So I've figured out how to make myself work. Yeah. But, like, you know, still it helps me to know, like, oh, people are expecting to see something on this date. Right. I want uh, to show more, but I've just been so self-conscious lately about the work that I, oh, really? I just don't really... I think it's really looking great. I mean, this is your la- latest stuff, right? Yeah. And are you working... Uh, like, do you do a lot of drawing? Um, Like, smaller drawing? Just so sporadically. It just sucks, because, like, nothing is really... 
habitual. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I have nothing. I have no routine about it. I, I need to be drawing all the time, but I'm not. And Well, I don't know. I mean, sometimes when you work too much, like I was, I was telling you I was doing those nude men. Yeah. And I got so wrapped up in them. And then I had to take a break because I've do, been doing a mural, an exterior mural, which is way prettier than my normal right, painting. Yeah. And way different. That I would never paint these nude yeah. male hairy butts on the outside right. of a building. Yeah. So, but it's made me, it's given me space not working on them has given me space to kind of figure them out a little bit in my head. Yeah. So, I mean, you need both. You need, like, some downtime from it, and then you also need that schedule. Ideally, I would love to be able to just, like, do nothing in my studio on a regular basis. Right. Like, I like to just go hang out in there yeah. and, like, sit in the floor and just look at the stuff. So, yeah. like, living with your paintings is great. And infuriating. And <laughs> That's I, true. I have to sometimes destroy them or hide them or yeah. paint over them. It, it's, them. yeah. It's funny because Jamie was like asking me about a painting. And I was like, oh, yeah, I cut that up. It's gone. Aww. <laughs> well, you get these paintings, you can roll them up. You don't have I to destroy know. them. But uh, this is, is this an old painting on top of another painting? Like, so is this one that you destroyed? This is one that. It was a painting, and then I just put this drop cloth over it and made another painting on top of it, and mm-hmm. then I cut it, started cutting into it, and I added pieces of uh, cutouts from the RISD XYZ magazine um, that I thought was funny because it's just all the success stories from my college <laughs> that of people that are doing really well and that I feel like I need to be... I'm all measuring up to. I get the I went to Pratt and I get the Pratt folio, which is the same thing, and it's like all these successful people, and then they want you to give them money. I'm like, not quite. Yeah, not not, there. Not there yet. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Um, let me see. I think that's really everything that I wanted to. I mean, that's we've been talking for over an hour. Okay. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Is there anything else that you want to say? Like, have I missed something major about your work? Yeah, um, no, just that, uh, for some reason I feel like I need to reinvent the wheel every time I make a new painting. Like, I feel like I can't do the same thing twice, and so Mm -hmm. I think the work looks very random. I feel the same way. And weird, and not not very cohesive, to me at least. But is that another school thing? Like, they tell you in school, you have to have a body of work so you can have a show. Yeah. And I'm, like, I'm doing these men's series, and every one of them, like, I've got so many now, and they look like they were painted by five different people. Yeah. And I'm trying to Nicole Eisenman it. Uh, where right. I'm like, she gets away with it, where she yeah. can like just make all these paintings of different styles. So I'm starting to think maybe that should be what I do. I just go crazy. Yeah, just do it and make it like, if you're going to do it, just do it. Yeah, I think that all the time. Like, if you look at my website, it's so weird. Like, nothing really <laughs> makes sense. I don't really understand how they all fit together. But maybe, I mean, other people can look maybe and see some kind of connection. But I, you know, I get annoyed, like, People want to develop their style, but again, to me, that's for selling the work. Yeah, that's I know. not for making it. I know. I get bored. I can't make the same thing twice. That'd be boring. It'd be like not challenging enough to me. It's not. I guess the work is in the process. That's really been the whole message, I guess. <laughs> well, um, Hannah, thanks so much for having me over yeah. and talking to me about your work. No, this is great for me too. I haven't really talked about it in a while, so thanks. (laughs) Super fun 
chatting with Atlanta artist Hannah Tarr. We did get a little academic on this one. Okay, I got a little bit academic on this one. Sorry, not sorry for reading John Berger to y'all. I mean, you knew, right? You knew that was a possibility. I'm pretty sure I've given reading assignments on here before, although I kind of feel like I'm just throwing them out into space. So do me a favor. If you have any ideas, suggestions, or comments, leave a comment on the Peachy Keen page or a review on iTunes. Those are for moral support. If you would like to fiscally support the podcast, that's appreciated too. You can find out how by clicking on the Patreon link on the Peachy Keen page. The Peachy Keen page also has pictures from our visit with Hannah and links to her website, as well as some of the other things that we talked about. That's on the Peachy Keen tab of my website at Vivian Liddell, V-I-V-I-A-N-L-I-D-D-E-L-L.com. Summer break is definitely wrapping up here. Students are starting to come back to Athens. I'm working on my syllabi, and that means Peachy Keen is also back in full swing. I'll be talking with another Atlanta artist, Shaniqua Gay, this Saturday, so looking forward to that. And you won't have to wait too long for episode 17. Until then, hope y'all are enjoying the sun, getting in some good pool time, and that your days are peachy keen.